Browns Wire Podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is always the man, the myth, the legend, Donovan James. Donovan, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I just got back from the pool. So. <laughs> oh, yeah? You're hanging out at the pool today? Yeah, I figured I'd use my – I'm paying for it at the apartment, so I might as well use the pool <laughs> at some point. It's, is it, it's is it like a big, nice one, or is it like a small, dinky one? It's a it's a big nice one actually yeah really yeah it's salt water it's not chlorine too there's a chlorine Whoa. shortage there's a chlorine shortage too by the way we're just talking, kidding me yeah <laughs> we're talking about shortages before the show but uh, there's a chlorine. so dumb so a lot of people are switching to salt water pools anyway but I mean so dumb I don't know man a shortage on everything um, <laughs> no shit our our last apartment complex had a pool our new apartment complex does not so I, I'm kind of missing that a little bit but her parents mm-hmm. got a pool so nah that works. Dude, but the, la- the, the apartment complex, the last one we were at, the, it was so small and so packed all the time that we went like three times. So at a certain point, you just get uncomfortable. So it probably wasn't worth the cash. Yeah, no. especially when you're like uh, going on the weekend, which I'm sure you guys probably did work and everything. Yeah. And you're just, yeah. there's a bunch of kids there, moms and like just floaties everywhere. And the, what, the noodles, the pool noodle things? Oh, yeah, the pool noodles. A lot of those. Yep, yep, yep. But, uh, all right, I think we got a pretty special show today. You know, we I, I messaged Donovan yesterday. I said, dude, I got nothing. I don't know what to talk about. I've, you know, have had no time at all this weekend to do anything. And Donovan said, let's recap uh, an NFL draft class. So we, and we kind of talked about this a couple months ago when the draft first happened because everybody's giving out their draft grades. Well, we decided, let's go back 10 years. Let's go back and look at the 2011 uh, Cleveland Browns uh, draft and really try to figure out what, what did they hit. What did they not hit? What were our rankings back then? Um, I was in the infancy of my NFL draft cra- draft grades at that point. I was still in college. I was actually playing college football at the time, so I don't have. I was not starting right at this point, so I had to go back into my you know my loose notes and stuff there um, to figure out what I had on some of these guys. But uh, Donovan, I mean, how active were you as far as scouting in 2011? Because you're even younger than me. Not very active, so like I just—I mean, I just graduated high school a couple years before, so not really active. I didn't. My first draft, I actually worked for NFL Draft Diamond. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Matt Barkley's draft, and I was an intern, and I was just barely starting. I did like a little side of work, so that was my first draft. So that was 2013, I believe. 13, 13, 13, 14. So, not, but I, I always follow the draft. I mean, I'm like a big draft nerd. I always yeah. follow it, but I don't have any like detailed notes or anything or scouting reports. But I, I know that draft really well, and I, you know, following it. Always. That's great. It. Yeah. That's great. So you'll you'll definitely know more than me. Like I said, I was I was playing college ball at the time, so I you know I I know a lot of the bigger name guys. will kind of get to us a couple guys that I didn't really get to see. I had to dive back into. Uh, I do have an extensive magazine collection i like to buy every annual magazine that comes and hits the hits the de- hits the the newsstand so i i'm telling you i got nfl draft scout nfl draft magazines from like dude i don't know ricky williams are on the cover bro. <laughs> like i'm talking like old stuff so every now and again i'll flip through them and i i did that today too to try to get you know what were the what were what was the media saying about these some of these guys so you know if you want we can go ahead and dive in yeah yeah it's fine all right, perfect. So again, to recap, this was a uh, Pat. This was the Pat Shermer, Tom Hecker 
regime. Um, overall, I'm looking at this draft. I really didn't think the Cleveland Browns did too bad of a job. Obviously, the 2011 t- season was really bad. I think the Browns won four games that year. Uh, but the first pick, the 21st pick overall, the Cleveland Browns selected Phil Taylor, defensive tackle from Baylor. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give a brief recap of, of Phil Taylor's career as a Cleveland Brown, and then we can kind of talk about where he should have been drafted, what were the other options on the board? Um, was it a good value? And, and did he fulfill what he was supposed to fulfill? So Phil Tanner was with the Cleveland Browns from 2011 to 2014. Um, he was a 2011 all-rookie. He was a member of the all-rookie team immediately. Um, you know, you can find – if you Google Phil Taylor, rookie season, yada, 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 you'll see where people are talking about him being the best interior lineman, defense lineman rookie of that class uh, based on his first year. that He started 42 games for the Cleveland Browns. Um, before his release, before the 2015 season. Um, based off of my report from then, I gave Phil Taylor a first-round grade. Um, I, I don't think, based off of what I, I was looking at, you know, based on how the, how the draft kind of fell, like I said, it's easy to, it's easy to look back. Captain hindsight, right? It's easy to have hindsight and tell you what they did what they did wrong. But honestly, at the time, if you really look at the board, it doesn't, it's not that bad of a pick. Um, you know, there's very few tackles that were drafted after him that had a better career. One could make an argument. Muhammad Wilkerson at a temple had a better career, two time all pro. Uh, he was taken 30th overall, just nine picks later. You could make an argument, but again, Wilkerson played a lot of three, four defensive end for a lot of NFL teams. Phil Taylor was kind of the big load in the middle. Um, so they weren't really the same type of player, you know, 42 game. It's not a long career for the Browns, but this was a, a point where they were constantly in rebuild. Um, I, I do think that this was a, a good pick. Um, I think it was, I think he fulfilled what he was supposed, supposed to fulfill. I don't think it was a bust at all. Um, you know, when you're dealing with regime changes and you suck, that's just kind of even the good players kind of fall to the wayside early. So I, I think that Phil Taylor was a good pick. What do you think Donovan? Who is uh? Do you have the pick before him? Let's look. I should, he was twenty six. Well, he was twenty seven, right? Or twenty six? He was the twenty first pick in the NFL. Twenty first. Okay, I'm totally wrong. Twenty first pick. Um, yes. First round pick. Uh, yeah. If you look, I, I mean, I would like to know who was like before and after, but really, I kind of care about like. I got. I got pick. pulled up right now. Did you want to know? Yeah. 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 Okay, so then the the 18th pick was Corey Leggett, defensive tackle out of Illinois. We all know him; he had a very very solid career. Uh, the 19th pick was Prince of Makamura, uh, defensive back out of Nebraska. The 20th pick was Adrian Claiborne, who actually played for the Browns last year, defensive end out of Iowa. If you're looking at defensive tackles that were taken that were off the board by time Phil Taylor was gone, uh, Marcel Darius, defensive tackle out of Alabama, was off the board. Uh, Nick Fairley, who I thought was going to be that I thought he was the best player in this draft class. Nick Fairley absolutely dominated at Auburn. Again, I didn't watch college football on a consistent basis because I was playing, but every time we turn on Auburn, he was just a goddamn one-man wrecking crew. He was really the only player on that defense that was any good, and he kind of did it all by himself. Uh, but he went before uh, Phil Taylor, and uh, like I said, Corey Leggett went there too. So the defense right after Phil Taylor and Anthony Costanzo off the tackle out of Boston College, one twenty-two. Danny Watkins, who's one of the all-time biggest NFL draft busts, yeah. guard out of Baylor, went twenty-three. And then Cameron Jordan, defensive end out of California, went twenty-four. Uh, the next defensive back off the board, I just said Muhammad Wilkinson went thirtieth. Um, I'm trying to look. Jarvis Jenkins went forty-one in the second round. 
Um, it's, it, I feel Taylor definitely had a better career than him. Marvin Austin out of North Carolina went 52nd overall. Again, I think that Phil Taylor had a, had a better career than him as well. Um, so I, I, if you're, when you're looking at it and comparing it, you know, I, I try to look at what it's hard to position. look at what their needs were back there, but yeah, it's like, okay, okay. Th- this is what their goal was. This is what they were trying to build. Was there a better piece to the puzzle? And I think Phil Taylor was the best piece. I really do. Uh, you can make a solid argument for Muhammad Wilkerson, but again, they played kind of they played the, the position completely different ways. Yeah, say so Phil Taylor. I remember being just a big kind of mauler type of guy, somebody that would kind of fit on the team now. I would say honestly, right? I mean, obviously they have better people than him on the team, but he would kind of they probably would draft, they wouldn't draft him again in the first round now, but they probably draft him again. He'd fit their team and their scheme. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. They they, well, they might have because probably, he, yeah, Muhammad Wilkerson was a better overall player, obviously. But I mean, Phil Taylor was a good pick. Was he? I think he was a little bit better. Phil 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 Taylor was good though. I mean, well, yeah. not good, but he was serviceable. It's six three. He was six three, three hundred twenty pounds. He he yeah. filled he filled the role. He was never going to rack up the stats. He was huge. He was an immovable object. If you look at deep tackles that were drafted. Uh, you know, it, it's hard. It's kind of that's a kind of a hard position to draft, anyways. I mean, I very yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Wilkerson probably had a more decorated NFL career, but it's hard to say that he would have had. It, 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 it's hard to say that he would have had success in Cleveland too. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it was an okay pick. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. It's kind of C, C, C plus, C minus, whatever. Interesting. See, I I think I'm higher on it than you. I, I really. I, I, I think that Phil Taylor was a good pick. I think that if the seat, the team, I think that the team went through too many ups and downs. I think this is a guy that was probably more of a uh, a victim of circumstance. I know that when he left Cleveland, he it's not like he lit the world on fire. He got cut by the Broncos and, and, and sat on the bench for the Redskins. So I don't really. I guess there's not really a whole lot back in me. But this is a guy who did. You know, he was a difference maker his rookie season. And then the Browns continue to suck, and then he continued to suck with the Browns. So, you know, I, mean, I think sometimes you're, you, the hand the hand that you get dealt sucks. I think that he's probably better. True. I think he made a bigger impact than Danny, Danny Shelton did, who's the most recent high draft pick from the interior defensive line. Yeah, definitely made a bigger impact than Danny Shelton did. Danny Shelton didn't start in many games with the Browns. So. Yeah, I have to pull that up. Um, are you ready to move on to the second round, or do you have anything yeah. else to add? No, yeah, so we can move on to the second round. So. All right, with the second round pick, the 37th overall pick, the Cleveland Browns took Jabal Sheard, defensive end out of Pittsburgh, who, again, played with the Cleveland Browns from 2011-2014, was a 2011 all-rookie member named at the same time as uh, Phil Taylor for their efforts, started 50 games for the Cleveland Browns, uh, before really 50 games, did he really start that many games? Wow, he start he started 50 games for the Cleveland Browns Man, uh, before that. he before he moved on with the the in the New England Patriots and then eventually the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and now I think he's with the Giants because he was with the Jaguars and the Giants last year. Hmm, yeah, so I'm not this sure, is, yeah, but I, I'll, I'll let you go for I'll let you go first on Jabal Sheard. No, you're good. I actually didn't know he started that many games at uh, linebacker, so um, that's kind of interesting to me. But I knew he was on the Browns for a while, but I didn't realize he started that many games. Uh, again, I mean, obviously, I, he's did better than Phil Taylor did, but still kind of, like you said, there's a lot of turmoil in the Browns organization at that time. So I don't remember. They probably had plenty of quarterbacks. Were Charlie Fry, was he quarterback around that era, or was it? Oh my god, dude! That's a good Google. 
I, because I mean, no, I don't think it just always starts with that position. And then I mean, you know, obviously we, the Browns are famous for the quarterback turnover they had. So you can have a lot of good defensive players at the end of the day. You got to have some offense and score some points. But I mean, he wasn't bad. It was it, Col- Colt McCoy was started thirteen games that year. Colt McCoy, okay. Colt, I, mean, I know you're a big Colt McCoy guy. I like Colt McCoy too. Um, but it wasn't, you know. But I, I can be a Colt McCoy guy all I want. But like you but, said, it's a pretty, 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 pretty good example. They went, they won four games that year. The, the Jabal Shears rookie year, and they didn't seem to get any better. So, I thought he was pretty talented coming out of uh, college and then playing, but and he's still in the NFL. You know, and it's hard, yes. hard to be in the NFL for uh, a decade, ten years. Yeah, so looking at yeah, ten years, over ten years. So I mean, I mean what average career is like three and a half, two years. <laughs> like so, it's short. So for him to still be, he was athletic. Yeah, you know what I mean, so he was still playing, still you know backup now, but. I mean, probably say that one's probably who who was drafted around him. Uh, Good question. Happy. So again, Jamal no, Shears drafted. Dra- dra- <laughs> uh, no, no, I already had I already had it pulled oh, yeah. up. I, I tried I tried to have some of the stuff pulled. Up. So Jamal Shears again was drafted thirty seventh. Uh, the three picks before him at thirty four was Aaron Williams, defensive back out of Texas. Andy Dalton was at thirty five, quarterback out of TCU, and Colin Kaepernick, uh, quarterback out of Nevada, was thirty six. The three picks after Jabal Shear were uh, it was Ryan Williams, running back from Virginia Tech to Arizona, Akeem Ayers, uh, linebacker out of UCLA, and then Bruce Carter, linebacker out of North Carolina. Um, if you look at some of the defensive oh. ends drafted right before him, you're talking about Cameron Hayward to Pittsburgh at thirty one. Um, you're talking about Adrian Claiborne to Tampa Bay at 20. And then you're talking about Ryan Kerrigan from Purdue to Washington at 16. Cameron Hayward from Ohio State. The defensive end drafted after Jabal Sheer, and this will kind of give you a better idea. This is kind of how I viewed the pick. Um, the defensive ends drafted Jabal Sheard were Daquan Bowers uh, from Clemson, who went to Tampa Bay at, at 51, who had, had an injury-riddled college career, had an injury-riddled NFL career. I think he had an injury-riddled CFL career. Um, I, 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 without a doubt, Jabal Sheard had a better career than Daquan Bowers. Um, who else is? Who else? I see you're scrolling for a while. Allen Bailey, defensive end out of Miami, was drafted to Kansas City at pick 86. Again, that's a guy who sat the bench his entire NFL career. Basically, um, I'm trying to look. He, he had three career NFL starts, so obviously Jabal Sheard had a better career than him. Uh, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Sam Acho, defensive end out of Texas, went to Arizona. Now, this is a guy who had four starts, but again, uh, Jamal Sheard had 50 starts, and he was on the all-rookie team. I, I, I'm looking at this game, looking at this pick, based off of the talent in that draft class. I think they hit hit it out of the park. I think this is was a clear-cut pick to make, too. Jamal Sheard was a freak at Pittsburgh. It was him. and If you remember that defensive line at Pittsburgh, it was him and Greg Romance on the other side. Um, it was absolutely phenomenal. Jamal Sheard was very productive in college. He was very productive for the Cleveland Browns. I know that we talked about his rookie year kind of being the highlight of his career, but he was very productive for those, for those years. Um, you know, that, that's – that's, uh, uh, he, I, I don't, or I don't think he got cut. I tried to look that up. I believe that he left via free agency too. So, okay. like you say, still in the NFL. I think they hit, they hit, hit it out of the park with that one. Yeah, I mean that's a good pick. Um, the guys drafted ahead of him, man, those are some damn good players. That edge rusher. But they were already gone. They're already gone. They're already gone. Yeah, so you kind of have to. Ju- that's why they're gone, obviously. So he's kind of in the middle. Yeah, he's, you know, he's better than the three guys after, but he's yeah. not better than any of the three guys before him. So he was right in the middle. Man, you can make a solid case that he was better. Than, he, he makes a solid case don't against say Adrian Claiborne. Okay. No, Adrian Claiborne. Claiborne. I was like, don't say I like Ryan Kerrigan a lot. I, does, he, did, he didn't sign with the team yet, did he? 
Kerrigan, by the way. Like currently, did he? I, I could be wrong. Um, no, not right. Clay, Ryan I don't know. Right, Clay, right. Clay, Clayborn, Clayborn. I don't think he's better than Clayborn long term. They they play two different positions again. It's like comparing yeah. Phil Taylor because yeah. right because because Adrian Clayborn played. I mean, he, they were moving him defensive end, defensive tackle. The Falcons. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, they just didn't uh, – uh, later on, his career, Jabal Sheard moved to outside linebacker for the Colts. You know what I mean? He was more of your, per pass, your pure pass rusher. Adrian Claiborne didn't really do that. So, again, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges. I'm just saying if you're talking about decorated career. I, he, he's right up there, man. He's right up there. He had a great – he had a good career. He's, he's, he's probably not better than the guys that were taken in front of him, but he, he went where he was supposed to take. There was a big drop off after him. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Totally. So I, I again I, I give it a, I give it a thumbs up. I give Phil Taylor a thumbs up and then Jabal Sheard a thumbs up. Okay. What do you think? Um thumbs up or thumbs Phil down? Taylor, I, Phil Taylor I gave kind of like a C, but if I have to pick one, I'll say thumbs up and then uh Jabal Sheard definitely thumbs up. I gave him like a B minus. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Let's move on. So the second round, they had a, the Cleveland Browns had another second round pick, 59th overall. They took Greg Little, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Now, full transparency, I have a Greg Little Cleveland Browns jersey. <laughs> I knew that story was I, coming. I, I, I want to put that. <laughs> I want to put that in the open. Now, with that said, do you want to go first on him, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. What what number was he picked though? He was picked 59th overall. So the three players picked before Greg Little were Shane Vereen. Running back uh California to the New England Patriots, uh Mikel LaShore, running back out of Illinois to the Detroit Lions, and Tory Smith, wide receiver from Maryland. Wow. The, I know, Shore, I know. Big I big difference there, right? Mikel LaShore, I haven't did he play with Juice Williams? Or no? No, that's Rashard Mendenhall, bro. That's right, that's right. That's Rashard Mendenhall. That's okay. Rashard Mendenhall. And then the three picks after Greg Little were Brandon Harris, deep to back out of Miami, Florida to the Houston, Texas, Jonas Mount Moton. Linebacker from Michigan to the San Diego Chargers, and then Daniel Thomas, running back from Kansas State to the Miami Dolphins, who was supposed to be God's gift to running backs. If you remember that, he was the he was the fantasy darling. A lot of running night. backs, a lot of running backs. Of course, of I like course. Shane Vereen too. Yeah, all those all those guys were great. So let's look at a couple of the wide receivers drafted in front of him. We talked about Torrey Smith taking a, a literally the li- literally the pick before him, which is it's kind of funny because there's. A little bit of a, of a difference there in quality of receiver. Um, let's see. Titus Young was taken uh, by Detroit at the pick 44. Um, and then let's I'm keep scrolling, scrolling. Jonathan Baldwin was picked 26th overall to Kansas City. Now, he probably had a better career than both of those guys, to be quite honest with you. But here, check this out. The wide receivers drafted. The next wide receiver drafted was Randall Cobb, 64th overall to the Green Bay Packers, your team. Uh, the Another wide receiver was Austin Pettis, wide receiver from Boise State, taken to the, by the Rams. And then Leonard Hankinson, a wide receiver from Miami, Florida, taken to the Washington Redskins. Pettis went 78, Hankerson went 79. Now, it's easy to play, cap, play hindsight here, right? Yeah. Let's go over Greg Little's career. Greg Little played was with the Browns from 2011 to 2013. He did start 41 games for the Cleveland Browns. Now, how many? 41. 41 games. Okay. Now let me tell you I, again. It's really easy to pick on this pick. It is right because the dude dropped the ball. And he's a wide receiver. But in, in full transparency, dude. I again, I want to to reiterate that I looked at, at some notebooks and, and yada yada yada. Everybody in the world. Had Randall Cobb higher. 
than Greg Little by a vast and wide margin. Now, there were a couple wide receivers that were higher than Greg Little on most of the draft boards that I saw for that year, including Jarrell Jennigan, uh, uh, Jennigan, who ended up going to the New York Giants from Troy. So some, some of those guys who had arguably the same caliber of career as Greg Little, maybe a little worse, maybe a little better, who cares? Randall Cobb's career is vastly better <laughs> than Greg Little. There's no comparison. Yeah. Randall, I mean, Greg Little got cut. Greg Little was released. It's, he didn't leave voluntarily. Well, let me double, let me double check that. Yeah, yeah, he he was cut. He he. The Browns did not want him back. They're ready to move on. That's how poor of a performer he was. Randall Cobb was all rookie in 2011. He was named as an NFL top 100 pick in 2000, top 100 player in 2015, and he was a Pro Bowl in 2014. Okay, so there there's three years alone where he dominated the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I understand why the Browns took Greg Little. This is a guy who was a physical freak, who was who had a lot of potential. Uh, stood at 6'2", 231, ran a four five flat, played running back, uh, and, and when he was recruited running back, and he only had one or two years of starting experience at North Carolina. And at the time, North Carolina was pumping out wide receivers pretty consistently. Look at Hakeem Nix, um, but this was a reach. This was a reach. You, it would be. It's very hard for you to find anyone who had him ranked in the second round or even the third round on their draft board. Okay. Randall Cobb was a productive player out of Kentucky. I don't know why Greg Little was the pick over Randall Cobb. I don't know if it's because I, I the, because he played quarterback at, at, at Kentucky. I'm not really sure because like I said, I, I don't, I don't know. Cause uh, Greg Little was not a polished player either. At the position, I mean, if you look at the – it's funny because Greg Little was actually the, the leading receiver that year with 61 receptions. Maybe they thought uh, Cobb was too much like Josh Cribbs, who was already there. Yeah, um, I was going to say that too. I don't, has, I don't know, I, but he's – He was better than, I don't know. than Josh Cribbs as a receiver though. But Dude, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it, man. I don't get it. I don't, I don't really know the regime and what they were thinking back then, so I can't really – you probably know more than me. No, I mean, I just, I again, I'm trying to be as transparent, right? We, we, I, I defended the Phil Taylor pick over Muhammad Wilkinson. I did. I feel like I'm trying to be as, as even keel as possible, right? Again, I understand looking back on ten years, it's really easy to point the finger, but again, dude, I, you can look at the the resumes. Randall Cobb was a super productive player at Kentucky, and Greg Little was a very average player at North Carolina. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. I do, there's no rhyme or reason. The only thing I can think of is that they thought he was too much like Josh Cribbs and they wanted a bigger body. Because like I said, Greg Little is was every bit of 6'2", 230. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, yeah, Randall Cobb's got to be a pick there. I mean, that one I'd give a little bit lower of a um, grade two. Probably thumbs down all the way, right? Thumbs down, yeah, yeah. Especially when you know what you could have had. Uh, Randall Cobb, I mean, just being a Packers guy, like, I mean – you know, Jordy, Randall, all those guys. I mean, he is a legend. You know, he's in the Packers Hall of Fame. He'll never Dude. make the NFL Hall of Fame, but that's fine. He's a Packer Hall of Famer. He's one of the most consistent guys on that team and did so much, so many different things too. Being able to do returns and then uh, block and like just route running wise and deep passes, really clutch in the playoffs. We go over the middle, go deeper. I mean, everything. So. And like I said, I, I'm, I, I'm, I really, I really am trying to be as honest with myself as possible when doing these rankings, when, when reevaluating this draft. 
and uh, you know, like I said, I'll use the Phil, Phil Taylor from Muhammad Wilkin, Wilkinson example again. Wilkinson came from Temple, and he didn't fit what Phil Taylor did. Therefore, I think Phil Taylor was a good pick. Jabal Sheer, right? It's really easy to look at guys like Ryan Kerrigan, um, and who, who, you know, and who who was the other defensive end that was taken in front of him that we just uh, talked about? Adrian Claiborne. Uh, excuse me, Claiborne. There was a, there was another one who had oh and Cameron Hayward. It's really easy to look at those guys with multiple All Pros, Pro Bowls, and be like, well, the Browns could have had that if they would have. No, they stay they stay the course. They got a really good defensive end, a difference making defensive end who was there for forty games and gave it his all and had over five sacks pretty much every year, other than the year he got hurt. Right, I'm I'm trying to be as honest as possible, but you're talking about Randall Cobb, who is a productive, extremely extremely productive player in the SEC where he was the focal point of the Kentucky offense to the point where he played quarterback for them. It, this is not – I'm not – we're not talking about a guy who was hidden under the rock. We're not talking about Victor Cruz. Why didn't they take Victor Cruz? Or why yeah. didn't they take – no, dude. Randall Cobb was a known commodity. Randall Cobb was – if you look at every everybody, I defy you to find me a draft board where Randall Cobb was not ahead of Greg Little. It doesn't – it didn't – it just doesn't compute to me. Thumbs down from me. Yeah, I agree with you. Thumbs down for sure. Uh, are you ready to move on to the next pick? Yeah. All right. So let me go ahead. So the next pick in the fourth round, the Cleveland Browns did not have a third round pick at this year's draft, uh, was Jordan. Fourth round pick, 102nd overall, was Jordan Cameron, tight end out of USC. Uh, this is your dude, Donovan, uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, USC guy. The three picks before Jordan Cameron was taken 102nd overall, KJ Wright, linebacker from Mississippi State. Um, Taking the Seattle F99, Denoris Searcy, defensive back in North Carolina, uh, taken by Buffalo, and then Clint Bowling, guard from Georgia, uh, taken by Cincinnati. The three picks after Jordan Cameron was Sam Acho, Texas, defensive end going to Arizona, Luke Stalker, tight end from Tennessee, uh, that went to Tampa Bay, and then Roy Hulu running back from Nebraska, who went to Washington, um, to give you a couple of tight ends that went before. Jordan Cameron, Rob Hausler went to Arizona in the third round, a tight end out of Florida Atlantic. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going as quickly as I can scroll up. Lance Kendricks, tight end from Wisconsin, went to the Rams in the second round. And then Kyle Rudolph, tight end from Notre Dame, went to the Minnesota Vikings in the second round. A couple of tight ends that went after Jordan Cameron. We just talked about Luke Stocker going two picks later uh, from Tennessee. Let's see here. And then. Julius Thomas from Portland State went to Denver in the same round at pick 129. And then Carl Klug. No, geez. Woo, I'm an idiot. DJ Williams from Arkansas went to Green Bay in the fifth round. Um, so do you want to go first on this one since it's your boy? Uh, yeah. I mean, Jordan. I like Jordan Cameron, man. He uh, He's a good dude to be around for sure. A lot, for a lot of USC players to talk about. He still is really close to the program. So oh, good sure. character guy, good on and off the field guy, but you know Kyle Rudolph <laughs> definitely rather have a Kyle Rudolph or even Lance Kendrick kind. Of, but Jordan Cameron got hurt a lot. Um, he was just injury prone. Like he was a really good tight end. He was underproductive at USC. They didn't really use him a lot. But because I mean, I watched all the. Now that's something I did watch all the keep up with is all the games he played. He he didn't really. He was a late bloomer. 
kind of. Uh, he wasn't like a huge, huge recruit for USC, but I mean, he was a good recruit. He's did special teams, uh, did everything he needed to do to you know earn his spot, but he didn't. I thought he was going to be really good just because I was like, all right, he's really athletic. Uh, he's not a freak or anything like Evan Ingram or something like that, but he's athletic enough and uh, he can catch the ball over the middle. He's not the best blocker in the world, but he can catch the ball and he works hard. So he had an okay career. It didn't last as long as I thought it would, but I think that's because of injuries. And he, you know, definitely had some like, not off the field issues, but he had some other interests off the field that he does. So, um, yeah. I, uh, I'd probably say thumbs up. I mean, you're, this is the fourth round. You're getting a guy like Jordan Cameron. I mean, I don't know his stats or anything by heart, but it's not a bad pick. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you 100%. Um, he was with the Cleveland Browns for 2011-2014, made the Pro Bowl in 2013. He's the first player that we've talked about that's made the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah. you know, I know that that's not make, doesn't make you a Hall of Famer, but if you can get a Pro Bowl in the fourth round, hey, that's more power to you. Full transparency, I remember vividly when they drafted him, I, I said, Why? Why did they draft a tight end who didn't even get used at USC? Yeah, he's like a team that uses, yeah. And yeah, and USC uses the tight end. I mean, that was right in the area of uh, of Dominic Bird, and uh, you know there was, a, you know, my my, my mind stuck Bird, right now. Man. But there's a couple <laughs> tight ends around that era that they used quite frequently, and, and Jordan Cameron didn't didn't hit the meter for me. Um, the guy that I really wanted for the Cleveland Browns at that pick was DJ Williams. Full tra- again, trying to be completely honest, DJ right. Williams won the Mackey at Arkansas. It was an undersized tight end. Jeff Risen will we've talked about DJ Williams quite often um, in our chats these past years because the, I loved him. I loved him, and he ended up not having Jordan Cameron had a way better professional career than DJ Williams. Um, so in my eyes, this is a thumbs up. You know, I went through the entire class. They, they, they outsmarted me. They outsmarted a lot of people. Um, I was looking at notes. A lot of people did not have Jordan Cameron ranked as high as this. Um, you know, if you go back and look at some draft ga- grades, a lot of people thought this might be a reach. Um, and, again, I agree with that at the time. You'd be hard-pressed to find a tight end drafted after him with his level of production. The only one that would be arguable was Julius Thomas. Um, who made it to two Pro Bowls, uh, you know, 2015. He was 2015, 2014, 2013. He had three in a string of three years where he was very, very good. But, again, Jordan Cameron had a very good 2013. He, he left Cleveland via free agency and signed a pretty large deal with the Miami Dolphins. And, like I said, injuries took his toll. So I, I think it's a big thumbs up. I think he did. I think he exceeded expectations. I'll never forget him on the league, man. You ever watch that show, The League? Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was him and uh, – Cameron Jordan, right? Yeah, because, yeah, their names. <laughs> and then yeah. I never forget. He did a lot of TV stuff. Like, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he, he uh, him and Blake Griffin are uh, really close. Um, Blake actually has a baby by his sister, so their brother-in-law. What? Yeah, so his sister, Bryn, played basketball at USC. She has a baby oh. by Matt Leinart and Blake Griffin. Whoa! She's such yeah. a lucky lady. I know, right? And her and her brothers <laughs> and her brothers Jordan Cameron. So no kidding. And, and, and so, this is my favorite thing about. Sorry, I just like the fun fact part of it. One of my favorite. You always name these random ass players and quarterbacks. Let me name one this time. Colby Cameron, dude, was my favorite quarterback at Louisiana. That's his brother. So oh my god, I remember. Yeah, him. that's his little oh. brother. He had the mo- he had Whoa. the highest completion percentage for a while in NCAA history. Yeah, uh, and one of the high- he's like one of the- he's still one of the most efficient quarterbacks in NCAA history. He has wow. a bunch of Louisiana Tech records, and he- obviously Louisiana Tech has McCowns and some really oh, yeah. good quarterbacks. So uh, Terry Bradshaw. That- 
Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. I was thinking yeah. Counts. I'm, I'm like sometimes so my age shows, but Chris, uh, or Tim Tim Rattay. Tim Rattay, yeah, for 49ers. Yeah, so Kobe yeah, Cameron. Yeah, man, that was his little brother, Jordan's little brother. So, or yeah, yeah, his little brother. So that's I think that was cool. Their their family is pretty uh, athletic. Th- no shit. And this is another fun fact about them. Before I move on, it's a good friend of. Uh, a uh, friend of Darius is not a friend of mine. I guess a good friend of the old show he's been on before. Sue Cravens is their cousin. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? On the on the on the, the other side, you know, because he's you know he is black. <laughs> People are like on the other cousin? side. Well, so they uh, yeah. Well, he's mixed. Sue Cravens, like so. No, no, no. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, because well, no, I, 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 I told you, you I meant like like. You, he it's it's his cousin. You said it's his cousin on his other on the other side. Well, like, so it's yeah. it's it is by blood. By blood, like, yeah, yeah. By small, blood. Okay, yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I, well, I didn't know because no, you, know, you, you said his sister was married to seven former athletes. So I didn't know if he oh, was yeah, true. Yeah. Does that no. make sense? I didn't know if it was by marriage, just some kind of no, by, yeah, no. yeah, no, by blood. Uh, that's part of the why. I mean, Sue was always going to go to USC, but part of his recruitment was because of uh, Jordan. You know, kind of edging the ball here to go to. USC and uh, wow. you know Colby. I know Colby was like, "Why didn't you ever get me to go there?" But they're like, "We didn't want <laughs> USC. Didn't want Colby. I mean, he was like 160 pounds, six foot. Yeah, three. he's smaller than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's super. Small. I mean, not hey, obviously he wasn't he, smaller than me by the time he, he graduated. He won the Rice Bowl MVP two years in a row out in uh, in the Japanese football league. No way! Are you kidding me? Yeah, Colby. He won the Rice Bowl MVP. Wow, I'm gonna look that up, dude. I'm. I'm yeah, look it up. up. He, had Rice, a, he had a good college career. Rice Bowl. I don't think. I don't know if he's still playing anymore. There was a part of me that thought he was gonna make it, dude. I'm gonna be completely honest. I thought that he was gonna get a shot because he's very similar to Nick Mullins. Very, yeah. very similar player. Yeah. Yeah, he's similar. He just never got a shot, man. Well, I guess he got a camp shot, but you know, he got yeah. one shot and then it just he did. didn't. He played over in Japan, and uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but I know. Excuse me for a few years there back. He was playing in Japan. Uh, he won the Rice Bowl. MVP, playing over there with uh, Devin Garner. Devin Garner played over there for yeah, a while. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Devin played there for a while. It was very good. It was yeah. He was the league MVP a, a couple times. Yeah, he um, was league, league MVP. Yeah, I don't think Colby yeah. won league. I think he just won the the the, 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 the equivalent base of the Super Bowl MVP. The the Rice Ri- Bowl. They call it the Rice Bowl? Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. My boy's like, is that like racist? Dude, it totally <laughs> sounds racist. <laughs> hey, they named it. <laughs> That's the key. That's the, the <laughs> anybody ball. else would have named it. It would have been racist. It would have been. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, I, I, I know way too much about Jordan Cameron's uh, family. <laughs> Love it, dude. They just have Love a it. strong back. I mean, it goes back, dude. Like I was reading about it. They, their, their, their father played football. Their grandfather played football. Uh, their great grandpa played football in the AF. I mean, it goes back, dude. So wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They were just born to play. Really. Well, that so was they, a good pick. They're kids, man. They're gonna be. I, Cole, uh, Cole Cameron's playing. Uh, Cole Liner, I guess you would say. Cole Cameron Liner. I think probably has two last names, but he plays. He's young. Matt Liner's. You know, obviously USC. He already got an offer from USC, but he's only in like middle school. <laughs> Holy <laughs> but, crap, dude! Yeah, but I mean, he, dude, he's like six one, man. I'm, I'm ready to see him play. I mean, it's gonna be a while. I hope. I remember out. when. I remember when offering middle schoolers was like, "Oh, Lane Kiffin's at it again." Now they're doing it all like all the time. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. It a lot, it's not. Man. It's not insane anymore, which is so dumb. Uh, but moving on, 
the next fourth round pick, pick number 124th overall, was Owen Marisic, fullback out of Stanford. Oh now, wow, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. We talked about him on the show a couple times. A couple times for some reason. Uh, the three picks before him went Chris Persinski, defensive back from Wyoming to the Jaguars. Chris Harrison, also tackle from Clemson to the Buffalo Bills. And Tandon Doss, wide receiver from Indiana to the Baltimore Ravens. Another wide receiver that I like more than Greg Little coming out. The three picks after Omarisic were Taiwan Jones, running back from Eastern Washington to the Oakland Raiders, which should be should surprise no one because if everybody remembers Taiwan Jones ran a blazing 4-2 at the Combine so fast that when he sucked at running back, they moved him to defensive back. I think he's still in the league. I can't remember. Bilal Powell, running back from Louisville to the New York Jets, and then Rock Carmichael, defensive back from Virginia Tech to the Houston Texans. Full transparency. Owen Marisic was the Cleveland Browns from 2011 to 2012. Okay, so he did not have a very long career with Cleveland Browns. They did release him, and he did not have much much of a career afterwards. Full transparency, I loved this pick. He was a great blocker. He was a lead blocker for Peyton Hillis. I, he, he, I thought, I thought hit the combo of him and Peyton Hillis. I thought that that was going to last forever. I cannot <laughs> stress to you how excited I was when they drafted Maurice. Like, I was like, this is it, dude. They're going to run it hard. This, they're just, this is going to be the, the Browns' new offense now. In Marisic's defense, uh, he was drafted right on the cusp of when fullbacks were being – fullbacks were not phased out yet. That year there were a couple fullbacks taken, okay? Uh, Henry Hynoski was taken. Matter of fact, let me go ahead. Let me go uh, – see, it's, it's kind of hard because there's not a whole lot of fullbacks listed. You know, they're not listed as fullbacks. Right. Um, but, yeah, he was, one, he, was my, he was one of my favorite fullbacks. Yeah, and this was this was back. This was ten years ago. It wasn't insane to ha- to draft a fullback. It just wasn't, no. and they were going in the fourth round. There's only like you know, one or two going now, like two, one or two real in full, the entire like in the entire draft. Yeah, now, but back then, yeah, that was. And then I agree with you. Him and Peyton Hillis together, I was like, oh man, that's gonna yeah. Be I mean, look at Stanley Havili. Stanley Havili was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the seventh round. Oh, um, now, great, he played running back for Hawaii. But he was a fullback. That guy weighed well over 240 pounds, right? You know, and I'm, I'm I know I, I don't know if Henry Hanoski was drafted, but that was another guy that was taken. Uh, there was another guy who was who was in the NFL. Um, I know Charles Clay was drafted. I'm trying. I'm trying to. And you, could, they probably have him labeled here as a tight end on this website. You can call him a tight end all you want. He simply was not a tight end at Tulsa. He he played the H back position, running back position, whatever you want to say. And he his measurements didn't were not that of a of a tight end. They were that of a fullback. That's just how they were. Yeah. Well, let's see. Clay, Clay went. Charles Clay went in the sixth round to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, like I said, you can say what you want, but he was a full. He, Charles Clay was a fullback. Um, that that's in in I, I that's probably where they should have gone. Charles Clay was very productive with the Dolphins, especially in 2014. Uh, was renamed the top 100 player, um, but I, you know he wasn't. Again, that was a guy who played H back at Tulsa. wasn't really a true bust him up blocker. I remember Omarisa playing both ways at Stanford, so they thought he was going to be a key special teams player. He ended up being too slow for that. Um, this was just a bust. I, I would. I really want to give it a thumbs up because I just. I don't. I. I think that maybe if the regime would have lasted, and things would have went right, he probably would have had a better career. He came the year after Peyton Hills blew up, if I remember right, and then like he dealt with the Chris Ogbenaya 
and uh, you know, like that that group were, were the main running backs in the Cleveland Browns. So if, I think maybe if he had a, a had a better, you know, Monterio Hardesty was there. If, if if they had a better stable of running backs, like I think maybe if he was there now, like Hardesty, Andy Sarovich yeah. was there. Yeah, if 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 his, he went to Tennessee, played, right? Did he go yeah. to Tennessee? Okay. Yeah, he was riddled. He was a very good player, but he was riddled with injuries. He was riddled mm-hmm. with injuries at the Cleveland Browns too. So the running backs that were Chris Ogbenaya, Chris Ogbenaya, I think had more rushing yards than Monterey Hardesty. Ogbenaya was not very good. I think if Marisic played played today in place of Andy Jonovich, uh, I, I think that he probably would be fairly successful. Um, he was never going to be an All Pro level player. He was always going to be someone that was fringe roster guy. Um, but I think he's probably better than two years. I just I think the things I think shit, shit didn't. It just it didn't happen for him, and I I, th- I don't know if it was all his fault. If that makes sense. No, I probably give him a thumbs up. I'm being a little biased because I'm a, I, I like fullback. It's hard to give him a thumbs up because he got cut after two years. Yeah, but I know. But I mean, you look at what was his fifth round. Yeah, fifth round fullback. I mean, because it's like. That's well, why it's, it's tough. It's, it's like, it was fourth. Fourth? fourth okay, time. yeah. That this makes it a little bit worse. But, I mean, what do you – I mean, yeah, I don't know about thumbs up. Then, maybe, well, when you ch- and when you change the regime like that, you know – Fullback is tough, dude, because that's not a – They're anybody, not some – yeah. We're right on the verge of people not using them anymore. Right on the verge, right on the cusp. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and he was a thumper, too. He wasn't like a – No. <laughs> he wasn't like an H-back type of guy. Like Charles Clay, like you said, or like a – even Stanley wow. Havili, Stanley Havili called a lot of passes out of the backfield. Yes. Yeah. yeah so Marisic didn't do that. Marisic was a pure blocker. I think that they did. He was a bigger bust. I probably am being a little biased because he brought. There was supposed to be special teams potential there, and there was none. He was too slow. He was simply too slow. Too slow. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind because of, remember he played both ways at Stanford. Yeah, I was gonna say he did. He did. He did play. Ah, yeah. That just one just don't work out. He was a pretty good player. He was one of my. I always try to keep up with fullbacks. That's the position I played, so I have a safe place in my heart with fullbacks. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he just didn't work out. And like I said, no. that position kind of faded away a lot. And there's still like, like oh, what's the kid from Michigan? Ben Mason. I yeah. liked him a lot. Oh, there's still yeah. some good fullbacks out. There was a one from Alabama um, a couple of years ago that I liked, but it's just not. Jolson Fowler? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, I liked him. Yeah. Those are the Titans for like a, a week. Oh, yeah. I, I hate, but it's just, yeah, man, the fullbacks don't. They either have like a really long career or none at all. It's like kind of no in between. Because like I know if you might, there's only so many teams. That yeah, I have to. You have to give him a thumbs down, dude. He lasts two years, bro. Yeah, it's not long enough. It just sucks. I don't want. I just don't want to. I don't want to. It'd be but, different if he was like a seventh round pick. I'd be like, okay, two years, that's cool. But like, no, not yeah, four. Because fourth yeah. round, there's still some other guys you named. Uh, sorry about my camera moving, people. But um, yeah, there's still other guys that they could have had over him and. Uh, it seems like what they were trying to do was be really physical, though. Um, with that team getting a yeah, different. like little and uh, what was a pick you said second round. Um, Jamal Sheard. Yeah, Jamal Sheard. I mean, Phil Taylor, physical guy. I mean, so, right. like they trying, they yeah. definitely emphasize size with yes. Phil Taylor yeah. and even Jordan Cameron, you know. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Cameron, too. Yeah, I mean, he was a West Coast kid. But he was pretty physical for, I mean, tight end yeah. position, receiving tight end. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, when, you compare him to the, when you compare him to the people, that the rest of the tight ends are on the board. Like I said, Charles, you look at DJ Williams, who was – Five inches shorter. You look at Julius Thomas, who played basketball primarily. He was way more physical than those guys. Um, was Rudolph? Yeah. Rudolph was after him. 
No, Rudolph was way before him. Rudolph. Was okay, because I, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Rudolph was like really productive. No, yeah, Rudolph was taking yeah. second, second, second round. Thirty-seven, um, right? I think thirty-seventh like overall. I think so. I'm not. I'm not sure. I skipped all, all off of that. Okay. Oh no, you don't have to look at that. I think he was thirty-seven. No, Jabal Sheer. Jabal Sheer was thirty-seven. Jabal Sheer was thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I don't see Rudolph. I know was second round. But he was. I thought Rudolph was in. I don't see him on here. Honestly, I thought yeah, Rudolph would be better. Rudolph was forty third. Forty third. Okay. Yeah. So, right. so move, moving on, the the Cleveland Browns had their uh, fifth round pick, one hundred thirty seventh overall. They took Buster Screen, cornerback out of Chattanooga. Uh, Buster Screen was with, was with the Cleveland Browns from two thousand eleven to two thousand fourteen. Had thirty seven starts overall. Um, to give you a glimpse into that draft class and where he was taken. The three picks before Buster Screen were Robert Stans, defensive back from West Virginia. Ricky Stanzi, quarterback from Iowa, was taken by, by Kansas City. And then Anthony Sherman. There you go. Another fullback from Kentucky. Or I'm sorry, from Connecticut, taken to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, how, how could I forget Anthony Sherman? But we didn't mention him. Um, the three picks after Buster Screen were Marcus Cannon, tackle from TCU, went to the New England Patriots. Brandon Burton, cornerback from Southern Utah, uh, that went to the Minnesota Vikings. And then Gabe Miller, linebacker from Oregon State to went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, just to kind of glance into some of the DBs that were taken ahead of him, Robert Sands was taken in the fifth round as well. Um, da- Davin House, David House, uh, who we all know had a great career in Green Bay from New Mexico State, was taken in the fourth round. Cortez Allen uh, from the Citadel was taken by Pittsburgh. Uh, Rock Carmichael was taken from Virginia Tech to the Houston Texans. Some defensive backs taken after. Buster Screen, we talked about uh, Brandon Burton from Southern Utah to Minnesota, was taken literally two picks after. Um, Josh Thomas from Buffalo was taken. Shiloh Keough, uh, who's more of a safety from Idaho, was taken by the Texans. Dijon Grimes from Nebraska. I'm trying to look for more corners. A lot of those guys played uh, safety. Uh, Ahmad Black, that was another more of a safety. Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was taken after him in the fifth round um, from Stanford. Richard Sherman had a much better career. Mark Legree. That's another safety, more or less, from Appalachian State. Jamail Hines, that's another safety from Ohio State. I'm trying to find cornerbacks. Cheeky, Cheeky Brown, uh, that was a guy that was a cornerback from Texas, taking 161st overall in the fifth round. That was a guy taken after him, but I'd say he had a better career than him. Mitchell Raymond from South Florida. <sighs> yeah, I guess that guy, he was more of a cornerback. Um, dude, did you just leave? Uh, I, I don't know. I got kicked off. Did you so hear I, anything I just said? No, I heard it all. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I've been here. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> all right. I don't. I don't know what happened. It just kind of got away from me. But Buster Scrine was who you were talking about, and uh, yeah, yeah, I heard, and the, I I heard the pit. Yeah, yeah you're, was, you're kind of naming more safeties. I heard, but like, yeah, I, I yeah, but you get you get the point. He had one. He had one in particular. Richard Sherman. He's like Hall of Famer. So I mean, you think he's a Hall of Famer? Richard Sherman. Yeah, Richard Sherman's gonna be in the hall. He's gonna. It'll take him a little. I think it'll take him a little. It's not first ballot or anything. It'll take him a little while to get in, but he used to be in the Hall of Fame, sure. Because like when I a lot of corners that were when I remember corners from like that era, I feel like Sherman's gonna be one. I mean, Ty Law. Ty Law's a different era, I guess. He's a little bit before, but Del Knock on Sherman is always gonna be that he didn't follow anybody, right? You got Rivas Island. Right, you know, you got Frank uh, Minifield. And Frank Minifield and Hanford Dixon aren't in the, NFL, in the Hall of Fame yet either. And they Frank Minifield's not. I'm sorry. Just, uh, I, I like, so. I, I mean, Revis is going to get in. Uh, he should. Ty Law's. 
gonna be in. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson was locked down, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? Those were guys that yeah, followed Sher- everybody. Sherman. I mean, Sherman's got a ring too. Like Legion of Legion of Boom. He was. If kinda... he if he gets in, he's gonna get in like Wes Welker, where it's like, yeah, all right. He it's more what? because of it's more because of the aura uh, around him. Sherman's rather than from, you don't think Sherman's one of the best corners like of all time? I didn't say that. I of Wolf all time, not, no, he's not one of the best cornerbacks of all time. No, he's not top 20, 20 corner in of all time. Top twenty five? No. no, really? No, not to me. No, I dude. Think so. I mean, you, you go back in the the, the Sh- Legion of Boom Sherman, though. I mean, he didn't follow the receiver. My ideal cornerback follow. You know, you, you think about all the great cornerbacks in NFL history, like too zone, you know, less less. Yeah, like Lester Hayes for from the Raiders would follow people around, push them. You know, I mean, build, going to those old highlights where they're going to motion and fighting. You know, what I mean, like I'm trying to do Brown my. You know, my mind, my mind is it's so it's you put you put me you put me on the spot, right? But I mean, there's just well, I gave you twenty five. You said the twenty five corners better than Richard Sherman. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if you gave me like time, yeah, yeah, I feel like I could name twenty. There's just there's just so many. He's on the all decade team, man. Yeah, but there's I mean that's tough, dude. (laughs) I mean that's. Because I mean, you got guys like Cortland Finnegan. He followed guys. He was good, but he wasn't as good as Sherman to me. But he did different no. things. Cortland, you're right. Cortland Finnegan was not as good as. Richard I mean, Charles Woodson. You know, that's that's Charles Woodson. You know, that yeah, guy. that's all I'm yeah. saying. Like Charles, Charles Woodson, Daryl Rivas are on different levels. Jalen, like Jalen Ramsey, to me is on like a different level. J- yes, there you go. No, no. See, but and Richard Sherman may be a better. Jalen Ramsey. It's hard to say that I Jalen Jalen Ramsey has the physical ability. Of to, to be one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history. Will he finish it out that way? I don't know because he's kind of a dickhead. We'll see what he does, yada, yada, yada. You know, but, Char- <laughs> but Charles Woodson, Daryl Rivas, well, those guys, I mean, those guys, dude, you just weren't throwing. I mean, come on, the guy, you know, you just weren't throwing to him. You just weren't. You designed a whole game plan to stay away from him. You know what I mean? I, Richard I, Sherman gets beat by speed, too. Richard yeah. Sherman's always gotten beat by deep by speed. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean the, and he's he's very he's a very smart player. Obviously, the, play it, yada yada yada. He gets a bad rep for that uh, Tyree Hill play and some. But my dude is Tyree Hill, bro. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's yeah. always and he's always been like that. Now it's not it's it's rare because he's a really smart player too. Like he kind of yeah, counterbalance it. Yeah, he's very intelligent player. He's very intelligent player. He's the he's the Tom Brady of cornerbacks, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But. I don't know. He just okay. I, I just, be on my list. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I Is he better than Buster Screen though? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely better than him. And that, I mean, because you named some other guys too that were good, but like, I mean, Sherman is at least he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be on the ballot. I don't. Like, the, whole, the Hall of Fame. The Buster's. Hall of Fame is such a weird. It's such a weird discussion because some people don't. Some people get in. A lot of media doesn't like but, who uh, they are. Well, a lot of media doesn't. A lot of media don't like Richard Sherman though, so that's not helping him out. Are you sure? He's split. A lot of people, media love him. A lot of media hate him because people said Richard Sherman was a dickhead. I think that's going to help Richard Sherman. I think that's going to because guys that are out in the media, they they're out. They're out there. You know what I mean. I just remember, like, you know, he was very outspoken during, like, when he was in Seattle. Maybe not much with the 49ers. He kind of was just kind of chill. But, like, the whole thing was, you know, Skip Bayless, ESPN stuff. Like, I'm better than you. Like, at least, that I was know. awesome, by the way, because I hate Skip Bayless. But <laughs> I, I think I, I think Richard Sherman's he's going to be very, very active and very – 
he's he's not going to go away. I think once he retires, he's going to be on TV a lot. And I, think oh, that, I think that helps people help with their Hall. Yeah, yeah, that help him out for sure. Charles Woodson. Yeah. He, I mean, like I said, that's Charles Woodson. He would have been in either way, but yeah, Charles Woodson's Charles, a god. He's not Charles. I love Charles Woodson, but he's not the greatest on TV. He's he's not. He's bad. terrible. He's terrible. That's okay. because he's not. He does. He's not terrible. Guys, the re- but it, it's not his fault. The reason guys like him aren't good, it's because he was so athletically gifted that it's almost like he struggles to explain why why things aren't working, why they are working. You know what I mean? It's like he was so good that it's almost like sometimes he's just saying in a roundabout way, the guy's not fast enough. He's not, you know, it's like he needs to just he needs to be better. It's like what Charles, come on, man. He's not like- you. You know what I mean? Richard Sherman's not. I don't think Richard. You know, that's why you see a lot of those guys that are really good. Yeah, Richard got drafted in the freaking fifth first round, so he. Yeah, I think he's not that. Fast. I think you that, know he's had to deal with some issues. Yeah, I think that helps out Richard's case a little bit because, like that, we love a good story. Like you're a Sam Wes Walker, or whatever, or Julia yeah. Edelman, whoever it is. A guy. That, I, that's why I'm sorry. I, meant, I said Wes yeah. Walker earlier. I, I know. Yeah, I think you meant Julia Edelman. Yeah. Um, somebody like Charles Woodson again, bad example, but I'll use him just because he won the Heisman. He was a first round pick. Like he's supposed he's to be like good. Yeah. But I mean, Richard Sherman's a diamond, one of the best diamonds in the rough that they got. They found, you know, Pete. You know, always saw him up close and personal at Stanford. And you actually, it's funny. You named a lot of Stanford players because this was like when they had Jim Harbaugh still, I think. So yeah, like they were. I mean, Owen Marisic, and you named a couple other guys here and there. So this was before Andrew Luck. I, I they probably. I don't want to get into like Stanford conversations with the Browns wire, but I just try to think of their quarterback. I mean, I just. You know, USC had to play Stanford all the time. They had like a uh, Polynesian I quarterback. Luck. I thought they had a guy right before him, though. It was a Polynesian small guy. Because I, I think Andrew Luck was drafted like 2012. Tavita Pritchard was a quarterback, too, but I guess that was way before. That was like 09, 010. But, yeah, you're right. It was Luck. Because Luck was a three-year starter. Yeah, it was Luck, yeah. Yeah, because Tavita Pritchard was uh, right before. I'm going back. back. I've had a lot of – a lot of heartbreak with Stanford beating USC fan. They've always kind of been in the thorn in our side. But yeah, uh, I mean, Buster screen was uh, not good. That's a thumbs down all the way. <laughs> um, yeah. So here, here. So you're giving a thumbs down. So here, yeah. here's the. So at, at the time, I, I I thought it was a reach. Now again, I, I was in college at the time, and I we were we were playing teams that were Chattanooga size, and it was like, what, dude? Come on now. Um, which is funny because they, the Brandon, Brandon Burton, if you remember, had a very he was I think he man I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to pull him up. So he he I don't I kept saying Southern Utah, but he went to Utah. He played it. He played in the Pac-12 and was like all Pac-12. That was that was the guy I wanted the, the Browns to draft. Who in his career his career wasn't any good either. He was out of the league relatively quickly. So, you know, and if you look at the guys that were drafted uh, after Buster Screen, we talked about Richard, Richard Sherman, but you'd be hard-pressed to find people that had Richard Sherman ahead of, of Buster Screen. I mean, if we're really being real, Richard Sherman, one of the reasons why he got drafted where he did was because of Pete Carroll knowing him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't – I you know – after evaluating who was left, it was still a reach. There were guys that I think had more physical ability than Buster Screen. Buster Screen was a very small player. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of length. I know he was faster than shit. Ran a four three at the combine. I think that's why they took him. Um, I, 
it's a bad pick. I give it a thumbs down too. I just, but I also want to give credence to the fact that I don't know if, like I said, Richard Sherman was a diamond or rough. It wasn't like we talked about Randall Cobb being everybody in the world had Randall Cobb ahead of uh, Greg Little. If we're being honest with ourselves, not everybody in the world had Richard Sherman better than Buster Screen. They right. just flat out, they flat out didn't. Let's be on, you know, if we're being honest, that was not, it was not an obvious choice. They reached for Buster Screen. There were guys, you can look, there are guys that are ranked higher than Buster Screen all over draft boards across the history, but most of those guys didn't do much either, man. So, yeah. I, again, I give it a thumbs down too, but they probably should have gone, they probably should have swerved away from corner. Could have been like in the middle. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely a thumbs down. He, you know, the only reason he played was because he was fast. Yeah, and they sucked. You know what I mean? Like he, 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 he would be barely hanging on in on on this year's Browns team on a roster spot. And then you know, I know, I know he's got thirty-seven starts, and that's pretty impressive, and that's great for a fifth rounder. Yeah. But if we're looking, if we're looking realistically, he probably got those thirty-seven starts because the Browns just flat out sucked. This bad. Oh, sorry. Right. Jesus, you know what I mean? I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Oh. No, you're good. Are you ready to move on to the next pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the fifth round with the 150th pick overall, the Cleveland Browns select Jason Pinkston off the tackle for Pittsburgh. Now, the three picks taken in front let me give, give me let me tell you the three picks taken before Pinkston, three picks after the three picks before Pinkston. Rod Isaac, defensive back out of Middle Tennessee State, went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Denarius Moore, wide receiver from Tennessee, went to the Oakland Raiders, and Deion Lewis, running back from Pittsburgh went to the Philadelphia Eagles. The three picks after Jason Pinkson was Ahmad Black, defensive back from Florida with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. TJ Yates, quarterback from North Carolina, went to the Houston Texans. And Jeremy Curley, wide receiver from TCU, oh, wow. went to the New York yeah. Jets. Now, yeah. Jason Pinkson was with the Cleveland Browns from 2011 to 2013. He started 24 games in his Cleveland Browns career. I give this 100%, 100%, 100% thumbs up. Okay, this was an absolute steal. Okay, at the time, this was a guy who was all ACC, super productive. If you look at the tackles that were drafted ahead of him, Marcus Cannon, far better, far better career. But again, he was gone. He was off the board. He's off the board. Chris Harrison from Clemson, who went to the Buffalo Bills, he didn't there. I I mean, he didn't have a great career. And James Brewer from Indiana, who went to the New York Giants, again. Not a guy who had who had an outstanding career. The guy, the offensive tackles after Pinkston were Byron Stingley from Louisville to the Tennessee Titans in the sixth round. Let's see here. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Zachary Williams from Washington State to the Carolina Panthers. Johnny Colbreth from South Carolina State oh, to the no, Detroit Lions. Me neither. <laughs> Andrew Jackson from Fresno State to the Atlanta Falcons. Derek Newton from Arkansas State to the Houston, Texas. Now, that's a guy who was in the league for a bit. I heard um, him. Yeah. yeah. You know, let's see here. Who and I, I remember Andrew I remember Andrew Jackson, too. But he was. Yeah, I remember coming out of Fresno State. I don't remember his, I don't remember his career at no. all. And then Lee Ziemba from Auburn with the Carolina Panthers, no. who I remember at Auburn, but I don't remember no. his NFL career. So I, I, I give it, it a Lee Ziemba. Oh, Lazy Emba, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I give it a thumbs up, dude. Jason Pinkson was good. He was good. He started every game as a rookie, okay, and then he had they found a blood clot in his lung and that he was forced to retire. He was out of the NFL in three years due to an injury settlement because of a blood clot in his lung. That dude started every game as a rookie. It was very, very solid. 
very, very solid. And this was a guy who was extremely productive at Pittsburgh. I believe he was a multiple all-ACC player. This was a good pick. It should be named a good pick. It's just a damn shame that he had that blood claw. That's that's what it comes down to, dude. He was better than a lot of the tackles that were taken in front of him. Yeah, he was. The ones you named. Was, I mean, Marcus Cannon was the only one that, you know. Like, who also, yeah, who was taken ahead of him. They didn't have a shot at yeah, him. Yeah, they didn't have a shot at him anyway. Uh, and then, you know, we're not talking about the other players. There are some good guys. I mean, there are some guys I like coming out of college a lot more than they were better players. Like TJ Yates, he really didn't have that great a career. I did like him coming out oh. of UNC. I thought he was going to be pretty good. <laughs> but he's not better than Colt McCoy, so you're not upgrading there. No. Uh, you named a running back. It's Deion Lewis, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I mean, who was gone, gone before Pinkston. He was gone before. And plus, you had you're just you know you already got a had a running back there. You know, starting and everything. You just Hardesty, right? Was he, yeah, but he and, and Pinkston was the dude again. The Browns moved him to yeah, guard. Pinkston, he played yeah, off, he played off the tackle with Pittsburgh. The Browns did move him to guard. Dude, he was a good player. He was a this, good player. It was you can't good. Help blood clots. I mean, you don't. Dude, he started every game as a rookie and that was played. Early. Was that something that was it like a Trey Smith situation where they knew about it first, or was it like the? I, I come don't. Out of no, I do. I think it came out of nowhere. Okay, because I, I was. I, I, I was wondering. Be, I was wondering that would maybe be a good drops. Google. That would oh, be a good Google okay. that I did not. I did not do. I know for a fact Marcus Cannon had health issues before the draft because I gave him a first round grade that year because I remember watching him at TCU and he was absolutely. Sick. Disgusting, <laughs> and he he had some he had cancer or whatever. I can't remember. He had a similar situation to uh, Sean Coleman at Auburn. He had some kind of issue where they're like, I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play. Shown. And he, he just nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> is that is, is it Sean? I don't. Have know. I, been, it just, I thought it was Sean. I, it's Sean. I just it's S H O N. So I always called him Sean. <laughs> Dude, I have no. Sometimes I I butcher those names like uh, Dude, yeah, uh, I, I like Derek the Brickishaw first. <laughs> Yeah, like oh, with like Derek. Derek, Derek. I thought it was. I've been saying Derek forever, and then someone was like, "Dude, it's Derek. It's just Derek." It's probably it was probably uh, Eric Robinson that told told us that. But <laughs> was it? I don't know. He just Eric. Eric's really good with like like those type of names. He's also he's Miami, so I just feel. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just remember someone. I just remember someone telling me me feeling really bad about it. Like, oh, dude, I'm butchering his goddamn name, and it's so some. It's no, just. It's literally. Derek, you know what I mean? So you, um, I, you sometimes just don't know. Yeah, I mean, as far as Jason Pinkston goes, I mean, you got to give him um, – but I almost said Todd Pinkston, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> that's a different different story. But, no, you get, you give him, you got to give him a thumbs up. Uh, yeah, dude. Plus, like like, I, like you said, he – this guy could still be playing in the NFL possibly oh, if he didn't man. have uh, – I mean, I know personally someone that had a blood clot in him on that's just – there's there's nothing you can do. I mean, my buddy that had blood clot in his lung was a uh, security guard, dude, at a bar, and he couldn't do his job. So you can't yeah. play football. You know what I mean? That's something you got to get taken care of, and then you're not going to be able to have full contact really probably ever. I mean, you might have a shot um, here and there. Like Trey Smith, that's why I mentioned him, because that's a guy I had a pretty – I had a top 50 grade on Trey Smith this year, and he dropped all the yeah. way to pretty Me much too. where – he was. did he not get drafted at all? Or did he get drafted late, late? No, he got drafted. He got dra- he but got it was drafted. it was late, late though. Um, it was really late, I think. And yeah, no, he 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 fell to the sixth round. So who got him? Tennessee Titans, and that's a guy with second round talent all he's day from, long. Yeah, he's maybe you know someone say someone say even first round talent. 
I thought he was the second, but yeah, I mean, some of that was just, just pure talent. I knew. Yeah, he has more than one medical injury, uh, medical concern too, so it was tough. But it kind of reminds me of that. Um, I wasn't really around, like I said, when Dinkson was drafted, but it sounds like somebody that could, you know, just got their career cut short, sadly, because of uh, medical sure. concern. But it's glad that, you know, he took care of that and they found it early, so he wasn't able to still be alive because that's a serious, you know, Anytime yeah. you hear blood clot, it's just something serious. So, but yeah, I give that a thumbs up. That might be damn one, near one of their best draft picks. Could have what could have been what, what could have been, been. Yeah. We'll, which is kind of well again Browns. Go on, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say just Browns. It kind of man, you, you find a diamond in the rough in that class, and that's guy that didn't make it sadly. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know? it would it, it would be a good Google to figure out if he had those issues before the draft. I don't remember that. Um, but maybe he did, and I, I just wasn't aware. I just remember the, I remember the Marcus Cannon stuff being a big deal. Um, we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll name off the last pick, and then we'll go ahead and uh, finish this up, this podcast up. We hit over an hour. The seventh round pick, the last pick, <clears throat> 248th pick overall, the Cleveland Browns select Eric Haig, safety from Nebraska. Um, he was with the Browns from 2011 to 2012. Another guy whose career was cut short due to injuries. Um, some the first the three picks ahead of Eric Haig were Michael Jasper, defensive tackle to the Buffalo Bills, Jay Finley, running back from Baylor to the Cincinnati Bengals, and Jeremy Beal, defensive lineman from Oklahoma to the Denver Broncos. The three picks after him were DeMarco Sampson, wide receiver from San Diego State to the Arizona Cardinals, Curtis Holcomb, defensive back from Florida AM to the San Francisco 49ers. And then uh, Tommy Campbell, defensive back from Pittsburgh to the Tennessee Titans. Other safeties that were drafted ahead of Haig uh, include Jimmy Wilson from Montana, um, who, dra- who was drafted in the same way. Jonathan Nelson from Oklahoma. And then we're looking at Anthony Gator from Florida International to the Tampa Buccaneers. So these are backs drafted after Hag. We were talking about Curtis Holmcomb from Florida A&M, Tommy Campbell from Pittsburgh. Um, and that was it. That was the end of the draft. He's one of the last picks. So what are your thoughts on Hag? I don't know much about him. Not gonna lie, I, you have to defer to you, man. I mean, this is a late pick, though. This is the last pick they had. Yeah. So I always say you're looking for somebody that can come in, and, you know, play for you. You're not really looking for many stars. If you get that, you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can really say about the seven, six round guys. But this is a guy I don't really know too much about. But I mean, didn't seem like it worked out. I mean. Really? Um, he got he got injured. He got injured. You said, yeah, but he, so I I remember at the time thinking it was a good pick. This was back before Nebraska was in the Big Ten. They were in the Big Twelve at the time. He was all Big Twelve. I'm trying to Google it to verify that, but I'm pretty yeah. He was first team all Big Twelve and was a Nebraska team MVP in 2010. This was a guy who was all over the field in Nebraska. Um, I don't so I, I thought it was a steal at the time. I thought it was he was a very good player. Um. He, you know, I, I thought he at the very least he was going to play special teams, and he did. He saw time in ten games as a rookie. Um, I, I think that he had, was was going to be in the, in the game. He was going to have a chance to see some significant time, um, but he dealt a, a number of injuries and ended up retiring from the NFL after being released by the Cleveland Browns. So that's another guy whose career was cut short by injuries. Again, I don't think he would have been a Pro Bowl or anything, but this is probably somebody who probably could have hung around. Um, for five or six years, kind of like you see with Terrence Mitchell, or, or you know, uh, uh, I can't remember the, the the safety from from Miami that the Browns drafted relatively in the fifth or sixth round. Um, somebody like that that could have competed special teams if not for injuries. But I, I thought it was a good pick. I give it a thumbs up because, like I said, he did play ten games as a rookie. I think it's a, it's a seventh round pick. A lot of teams, I mean, you know, a lot of those names I, I just said didn't even make it out of training camp. So I'll give it a thumbs up. 
Okay, well, Josh, is this the thumbs up and co-sign? I got to go with you on that one because that's. I mean, one. there's what do you what do you? There's one, this two, seventh, three, right? four. Five, there, he's the, he's the seventh pick, the seventh to last pick, and he played ten games as a rookie. What do you want, right? Exactly. The Browns played everybody. Damn, they played all these guys. <laughs> yeah, I, overall, I, I don't I, I don't think it was a bad draft. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, kind of a little bit. It was. <laughs> A little bit. It wasn't horrible. We get, we get five thumbs up and then one, two, three, three thumbs down. They just didn't have anyone from this team that was – I guess this this, um, dra- this draft wasn't that good either, though. So – well, no, it was pretty good at the top. It was pretty top-heavy draft, but I guess it was an average draft. If they would have taken – Because the Browns were – <coughs> Excuse me. What were they picking? Like what? What was their record that year? Do you Four know? Twelve. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's average draft because they got to do a little bit better than that. Like, they well, have... you, mean, you, mean, you mean the year before? Yeah, the year before. Because they had the they had the twenty first pick because they kept trading back. <laughs> okay, because I'm just yeah, trying to think like why are they picking? I know they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, they kept trading back. I I I think that if 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 they would have taken. Randall Cobb over Greg Little. This would have been a great draft. Yeah, I see. So that. you're you're one guy away from making this a very in inarguably inarguably it would have been a good draft. Thumbs up overall, right? True. Yes. So I think it was an okay draft. Or yeah, yeah. I would say Randall Cobb. I mean, I, I, I'm still kind of like it. that's the I really, that, I, that, I, they I really fuck, did that's like Mohamed Wilkerson, but I mean, like you said, it was kind of <sighs> he's just a different kind of player. It's hard yeah. to say if that was. You know, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. God, I'm dying, dude. Dying. I was sneezing too, but I was smart enough to mute it. <laughs> I couldn't get to it in time, dog. Sorry. No, you're I'm just being a dick. Uh, no, sorry to the people that had to hear me cough and sneeze. But um, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm surprised we didn't get to the uh, softball game, dude. So, oh, the Jarvis Andrew softball game? Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Next. I've we'll never seen so many week. people talk about. A softball game in my life. This is what it feels like to be part of Brown's Twitter, doesn't it? Because this, dude, I, I wasn't on Twitter at all today. My phone, my phone didn't work. My phone was dead. Even yesterday, yeah. dog, when the game was happening, like I know people that went. Like Molly went. Oh really? Yeah, her and uh, this other girl I know, uh, met lives in Cleveland. Went. I thought I saw Mac tweeting about it too. Mac would. Mac's Mac would. Mac about that. But he is. <laughs> 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 no, Mac's cool, but yeah. Uh I mean, you know. We talk about that. We probably won't ever talk about it, but whatever. It, it's on Twitter. You just type in, "Hey, Baker Mayfield's got a nice swing." So I'll say, "Saw his swing. Good swing. <laughs> really, really good swing." Well, this was this was fun though. I want to do I want to do more throwback stuff like this. I, I texted Bill like ten minutes before the podcast to try to get him on. Wait, I thought uh, I thought it was Je- you said somebody was coming, Justin. Or- well, I, Jared, I, messaged, I messaged our boss Jared, Jared too. Jared, yeah, yeah. Again, I, we we came up with it like ten minutes prior, so it's you know, we're the la- kings of last minute here. Yeah, dude, it's bad. This we'll we'll try to first... be more prepped. We'll try to be more prepped moving forward. It's been it's been a rough uh, rough going for it on on my end, so I apologize. That's my I, a lot. Of that's my fault. Oh, man. Same here, dude. I just have a lot more free time right now because of some tragic reason. Not tragic, but sad. Tragic. Reason. Tragic, strong word, but unfortunate reasons. 
we'll we'll go we'll go ahead we'll go ahead and shut this down because someone's screaming outside my door. I can't tell if it's my cat or the girlfriend. <laughs> but this was the Browns Wire podcast. Make sure you give us a like, listen, review on all, all you know anywhere iTunes, whatever that helps us. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe, please. If you want us to talk about any certain topics, let us know. We'll, we'll say your name, give you a shout out on the pod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. My DMs are always open. Donovan, where can they hit you up at? DMs are always open too. Um, my Twitter name is at Don James Sports. Uh, name remains the same. Um, that's I got some stuff coming up, but we'll see what happens, man. I ain't making any promises or anything, but <laughs> I got some stuff. I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, I, I know the Ryan Sosa uh, interview. Like I couldn't do it this week because I just had some stuff come up, but we're, we'll we'll be on. Uh, some point this month. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of college football for the last season, so I'm getting very close to wanting to pound out some draft pieces or some, you know, to talk, or talk okay. to you about drafts. So we'll have to look into that. But again, this is the Browns Wire Podcast, and we are out. for those who can't earn your master's in social work degree online to learn strategies to connect diverse populations with the critical resources they need to improve their well-being whether it's in a hospital community service agency or another setting what do you think making a difference as a social worker looks like gcu offers over 250 high quality online programs like this one find your purpose at grand canyon university visit gcu.edu everyone loves shopping online Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary.